Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome back to the Quack Report. We're getting super serious on this episode because Nate just turned his hat backwards. <laughs> My so. hat's normally backwards. I know what it was forward, and then you just boop, turned it backwards. <laughs> it's like Ash from Pokemon. <laughs> got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got a, a couple games to talk about. Uh, pretty good games, in my opinion. Uh, one against the Minnesota Wild, uh, another one against the Ottawa Senators. I guess let's start with the, the one against the Minnesota Wild. We're going to talk about it a little differently than we have in the past, I guess. Instead of going through it kind of more like a recap, we're going to just hit, hit some, I guess, talking points and make it a little bit more unstructured. Hopefully you guys like it this way, and yeah, we'll see if we continue it. Yeah. But before we get into the first period of this game, let's go through some goalie stats. So Devin Dubnik whoa, whoa, whoa. was in net. Predictions. What? I'm shaking it up. We're doing no, unstructured. You, you still got to do predictions oh, okay, and fine. then go into the actual game. Okay. <laughs> what on. was your What was your prediction for this game? Uh, it was a little too optimistic. I said a 3-2 win. <laughs> yeah, wasn't quite that. I guess at, least, at least I had yeah. the one goal difference. <laughs> yeah, I guess we didn't say this 5-4 overtime loss um, for the Ducks. So uh, still a close game. Got a point out of the deal, but... Couldn't quite finish it off. I said 5-2 loss. I was a little less optimistic uh, on this one. <laughs> you had uh, the loss right. I got the five goals by the wild right. Yeah. But I didn't have as much faith in our ducks as I should have, <laughs> I guess. So not too bad. Okay. Devin Dubnik, 26 shots, 22 saves, 8-4-6 save percentage. Ryan Miller started this game, 30 shots faced, 25 saves, 8-3-3 save percentage. Anything to say about those numbers there? Not really to say about the numbers because I'll... It all kind of gets wrapped up a little bit later for me, at least, so I can I can get into it a bit later. I, in in short, not to get too deep into it, both sides. This isn't the goalie's fault. <laughs> yeah, no, really not. Those spectacular saves on either side. I mean, those yeah. are still good numbers. That's oh, yeah. just a little bit of a higher scoring game. Yeah, so, yeah, it balances out. You know, some games you get a shutout, some games you, you know, only stop twenty five of of the thirty you face. So like it it balances out. Yeah. Um. Okay, first period uh, of this game. I thought it was pretty heavy hitting early on. Looked like there was a lot of physical play by both sides. Um, uh, there tends to be a, a bit of a feeling out process, I usually find. And then this mm-hmm. one just started very physical. Like, the tone was set early on, I guess. Yeah, I found both teams, yeah, just came out with a lot of energy in this game. And like you said, it was very hard hitting right off the bat. And yeah, you can use that, yeah, as a way to like kind of feel out the other team, but also wear them down pretty quickly uh, early on, right? So... Um, you know, love love a heavy hitting game. It's always fun to watch and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's kind of the way the Ducks used to to play back in the days of yeah. Kessler and Perry and well, even Kessler's like last yeah, prime even as well. Like so. Three years ago, whatever, yeah, like not but, even that long yeah. ago. It was that's how you played. Like the Ducks would come out, set the tone early on that it was going to be a physical game, and I think that we saw a little bit of this come back because in the last couple of years it hasn't really been there. In my yeah, opinion. I think it's. In part, because a lot of those guys have gotten older, obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, we lost, or yeah, like we bought out Perry. We didn't lose him. We we chose to get rid of him. Um, and Kessler and uh, uh, who's the other Eves. guy? Eves. There you go. Thank you. I was gonna say Eakins, but I'm like, nope, that's not right. You know, they're both on LTIR right now and that sort of thing. So, um, but I think it's also just like even in the in those like say three years, right? You've had a huge transition in how hockey's played in the nhl right so like going from that like really hard-hitting physical type style which i would say the west not even just the ducks the west still has like a good amount of it oh definitely but it's definitely the nhl's taken a lot more of a turn towards speed and skill uh and it's really changed over the last just like three years Mm -hmm. so and particularly in the east as well yeah 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you look at a team like Toronto, there's very few hard-hitting guys on that team. They are just all skill. They're all speed. They're all offense. Yeah, and that was something that they kind of realized. There is still a little bit of that hard-hittingness. Like it's it again. It's taking a like a hard right turn, but there's still a little bit. So that's why they brought in guys like Kyle Clifford. So. Yeah, uh, another thing that we've talked about previously on, on this show, the offensive four check by the Ducks, you know, the kind of dump and chase style of play or or even just pressuring Minnesota as they try and break out or the opposition, I guess, as yeah. they try and break out. Uh, it led to a good goal by Silverberg early on in this first period. And uh, yeah, I believe that was the one nothing goal as well. So, um, but yeah, that it like directly led to a goal this time, you know, just a, a turnover by Minnesota along the boards. Uh, anything to really say about about that uh same thing kind of what i was saying earlier with the just the hard effort coming right away anaheim beats minnesota to a lot of pucks and you take a look at this replay as well this is where that's very it's uh showcased really well uh who's the who's the assist on it sorry raquel yeah yeah it was raquel um yeah he he beats that minnesota defenseman to the puck like by a few feet so Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both about the same distance away, I'd say. So, I mean, great speed by Raquel. And, yeah, just that effort there to get those pucks fast and get them first. So, it's yeah, great exactly. To see. Yeah. And, I mean, Silverberg sneaking in there as well. I believe he came sneaky, off the bench. Sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky <laughs> shelf. Uh, yeah. Just sneaking into the slot. Is not that, that going to be his nickname now? Sneaky shelf. Sneaky sniff. Sne- <laughs> shelf. <laughs> shelf. <laughs> sneaky shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and get it going. There you I go. like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like that pretty much every game there's one or two chances like this that either lead to a goal or a good chance that yeah. uh, forces the goalie to make a good save. Like yeah. I think that's uh, one of the, the upsides of this team and, and something that I don't know if it was taught like by the coaching staff or if it's just kind of how it developed. They're like, oh, let's play a physical game and then get to these pucks and then like, yeah. it, it just kind of developed into what it, this kind of four-check style, I guess. But either way, yeah, I like we, it. We catch a lot of teams off guard with it, I find. So. Mm-hmm. It's unique. Uh, I don't see a lot of other other teams with that much of a offensive forecheck, I guess. Yeah. Um, like they like even when they're about to be on defense, they're still thinking offensively. Yeah. So mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know, it can also it's a double edged sword in a way, right? Of like you're thinking too much offensively and we've seen it a lot with this Ducks team this year, you're lacking defensively. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Anaheim challenge on the the goalie interference, um, the the first Minnesota goal there by Zuccarello, uh, you know Miller comes out to to kind of challenge, uh, pass by Galchenyuk over to Zuccarello. Um, Galchenyuk then cuts towards the net, turns away, um, but catches Miller's skate on the on the way just outside the crease on the line of the crease, however you want to view it. Um, but basically makes it so he can't push over to get in position to make the save on Zuccarello. There, uh, it was called a good goal. What's your opinion on that? Good goal, or should that have been goalie interference? See, now, the rest of Miller is in the blue paint. I'd say the like the back of his foot, like the back of his skate is still on the line. It's more where the contact is made. Mm-hmm. So, man, it sh- I feel it shouldn't have been a goal because his foot is still on the line. However, I can see how the ruling makes it that it is a good goal because the point of contact is outside. Yeah, I understand it too. That was my initial thought, but it kind of goes to the offside thing that they are changing now. Uh, I guess we didn't talk about that on here. Yeah. Basically turning the blue line into uh, 
a wall, you know, a vertical plane. Um, so your skate no longer has to be on the ice as long as you some part of your body is on or over the blue line. It's you're onside. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think it's. Do you think that maybe something like that, like ninety nine percent of Miller is inside of the yeah. blue paint. He's on the edge of the crease. And, and like the like, toe that's sticking out yeah. is the one that makes contact and yeah, prevents and him from making And it's save. not even like, he wasn't even in a spot where it's like, oh, by the time he realized that it, it was too late, so it doesn't matter anyway. It's like, mm-hmm. no, if he was able to get his foot down properly, like his skate down properly the way he wanted to, he easily could have had a chance to make that save. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't so a I, guarantee. It would be a hard save to make, but yeah, he would he would be over there. I mean, even if you were to call it that way, again, that's all the discretion of the refs. So you never, you always kind of have a gray area, and it's, um, I don't know, it's it's hard to say, but at the same time, you hit a say like you knock a goalie behind the crease, but or like behind the net, right? Mm-hmm. He's outside the crease, but that's goalie interference still. Yeah. So if it's just in front of the crease why is it not still goalie interference yeah it's one of those things i don't understand yeah like again i understand why but to me it's it prevented him from making the save when he whether he was like it's not like he was so far out of the crease that like it that it didn't make any sense he was at the edge of the crease to challenge and take down the angle of the shooter he was respecting the shot like you do as a goalie there was nothing you know wrong about his positioning or something that the ref could have been like well maybe he shouldn't have been out that far no that's where you have to be so i don't know i don't really get it i think it should have been called back but i do understand yeah uh here's where you're gonna have a bunch of players getting pissy with me because oh he's a he's a goalie he's gonna be biased with this thought i think because you see so many goalies now like over the last 10 years especially like not that they didn't beforehand you had goalies playing very far out of the net before to cut down angle and something you're taught to do right um but you kind of have that range of like goalie standing just on top of the crease you don't see too many guys that are like three feet out no unless they're like challenging the shot right away but then they're backing up into it yeah if it's a shootout attempt but that's different yeah Yeah. so my suggestion is you actually change the dimensions of the crease you add about a foot or two both like going out and how wide it is um just okay like yeah so that would make this one uh if you were to do that that would make this one uh goaltender interference but also just because you have the goalies playing like typically around that area of the crease right so if you still give them that space but make it a bit more for them if you're looking you could you could look at it as a way to protect the goalies mm-hmm. but then you're also going to have the nhl going oh well that's gonna have less scoring in our game because you can have the goalie you give the goalie more space yeah so it's kind of i don't know like i said you're gonna have people going oh he's a he's a goalie so of course he would want that yeah. but also that's how you get rid of things like this right if you have so the dimensions of an nhl crease are eight feet wide so extending one foot past each goal post uh, which the net is six feet wide already and extends out six feet at its center apex so it's kind of if you were to have it fully around it would kind of be an oval actually Mm -hmm. right because it'd be like eight by six yeah um so yeah that would so say you made it two feet more just make it like just make it like a full circle yeah yeah so or if you want to just like keep still the same kind of dimension but just make it a little bigger itself right 
it would be 10 by 8, but still off the goalpost, that's only like 2 feet. Yeah, So which basically... That go, would basically just go out to the edge of the trapezoid, I yeah. believe. There's approximately. Pretty anyways. close. Yeah. So. And yeah, like just have it like, I think it's, yeah, still in junior hockey or like minor league, right? You have that full semicircle, whereas the NHL kind of does like a box with a rounded top. Just like on top of that, go back to the full semicircle, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but it was, it's just how, because like, if say if you have an eight foot like crease at its center apex that like it's like a well it's saying six right now but like if you were to have it eight feet right if you have the goalie going that far out right and outside the crease and you have this same play then i'm like okay yeah he's standing out that far like whatever Mm -hmm. so but that's just my take on it i don't know what do you think of with what i was suggesting there um I mean, like, it makes sense. Uh, I don't think they are going to change the dimensions of the crease. But oh, no, I don't I think, expect them to. Yeah, I, I think that it just comes down to not taking a microscope to these kind of things and yeah. being, like, and zooming in. It's like, oh, well, you can see where the point of contact is, like, barely just outside. There's a couple of pixels of ice, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, it's like, who fucking cares? Like, just just protect the goalies, really. Like, that's all yeah. that it comes down to. Like, did, did the goalie did the player- actually have a chance before contact was made? Yes or no? Yeah, exactly. Like, again, it's, it's going to be at the discretion of the ref. But that's a lot easier than, oh, well, his heel's on the goal line, but his toe is outside, and that's where the contact was made. So, yeah, like, just make a clear cut. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Because, like, I don't want to say this cost us the game because it was back and forth, but, like... In a way, though, because it was a one-goal game. Yeah. You could argue it, you unfortunately. Could. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and, I mean, do I care? No. Like, we're, we're already, <laughs> like, at the bottom of the standings. We're, yeah. Very slim chance we're going to make the playoffs. Whatever. But, like... It, it's just annoying to see these kind of things happening when it's like Miller had no chance. Like yeah. if Galchenyuk, he had the chance and was taken away yeah. from him. Yeah. If Galchenyuk really wanted to, he could do that every single time and yeah. get away with it theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it could become a play that eventually pulls a goalie's groin. Like it's, yeah, exactly. it's that kind of stuff that it's like, why, why allow it? And yeah. like, I don't think Galchenyuk's going to do that, but whatever. I guess another thing that kind of another way this kind of cost us the game. The ensuing power play led to another Minnesota goal as well. Yeah, and there's just the salt in the wound on it. Pretty much. So not not only do you lose the challenge, you get a penalty in which Minnesota capitalizes on. Yeah. It. So instead of being a scoreless game, if you win it, all of a sudden it's two nothing yeah. on something you thought you would have a chance at. Like I okay, I do understand the point of having. Sorry, it was I guess two one at that. Yeah, point, no worries. Nothing, but. I do understand the point of having the delay of game on if you get a coach's challenge wrong, right? Because you are stopping the game to try to get a reversal or something like that, right? My suggestion: do it on the second challenge. Yeah, you you do like a gimme on the first one, right? Yeah, like, like you lose your timeout on the first one. That happens. Yeah. Why make it? You lose a timeout and get a penalty. Yeah, lose. Yeah, lose your timeout first then get a penalty for it, right? Yeah. Because, like, you're you're not just throwing coach's challenge every which way, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing it because, you like, you think you can get that call back. It's not to try to slow down the game or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, because if the call was made right the first time, right? And again, like, I know the refs aren't robots by any means. Yeah. Like, it's not an exact thing. But, like, there, there's a reason that, the coach's challenge is a thing now, right? And it's to be able to kind of right some of those wrongs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, pretty wild first period, I, I guess. Um, 
With yeah, it's only the first period. That we, we've kind of like discussed around. <laughs> yeah, um, not really a lot to talk about uh, for the rest of this game, but you know, second period, Heinen uh, just driving the net from behind. Brodine ends up putting it in himself, but smart play by Heinen to basically force the defenseman to make a play. I thought. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if Brodine doesn't make a play, Heinen's in front of the net, probably going to put it in anyways. So yeah. just unfortunate that he ended up basically scoring on on Dubnik there, tipping yeah. it off his stick. So. Again, uh, Silverberg scoring an, another goal off of keeping some pressure up. Uh, again, I think he was in the slot, so just a, a really good shot by him. I think that was his, or I guess his first one was his first goal in nine games or something like that. So, yeah, it was nine or ten games. Yeah, got the monkey so. off his back and now was just feeling it this game. I think he had ended up with three points as well. I think he got an assist on, uh, yeah, he got an assist on the, the game tire with the empty net at the end there, so... Yeah, I was happy seeing this because I've still kept Silverberg on my uh, my mm-hmm. fantasy roster. So yeah, two goals is pretty nice. Yeah, so. no, pretty good. Um, I mean, Ducks come back after the the way the first period ended, I guess. So now up three to two. Third period sees a few goals. Uh, Minnesota gets two to go ahead, and Juice scores one to tie it up with uh, the empty net. That's uh, his first as a duck. First as a duck. Give as well me that juice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really liked the way they ran this empty net, just basically running it like a power play. Yeah. Um, they had the one guy on top, four guys down low, basically. And yeah, quick passes and then a quick shot by Juice. Yeah, it's so, like, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but the movement that this team does is really good. It's the one thing that they have down this season, I think. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they showed it right here as well, right? Like, yeah, you, I know you have the extra guy, right? But the movement that they had to be able to open up that spot to get that chance, right? So Yeah. Um, Ducks actually 0 for 4 on the power play in this game. But, I mean, if you count this, 1 for 5. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just didn't capitalize on it. Like, yeah. I, I think they still got good chances on their power plays, yeah. but just not. Minnesota does have a... They have good special teams. Yeah, they got good Yeah, they also teams. went 2 for 3 on their power play. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, some, the one's bullshit, you can't really do whatever. Anything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I another thing in this third period I wanted to talk about, Ryan Miller, just how calm of a goalie he is. Like, I, I knew that already, but I was just kind of reminded of it in yeah, this game. Just that, well, he's played in the league for how long now? Is it 15 years? Uh, Something like that. It's got to be yeah. close. Let me double check that. Yeah, but I just like how, you know, he's not one of those goalies that scrambles and throws himself everywhere. Like, everything he does is just... He's not a Mike Smith type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mike Smith is a throw everything I possibly can and try and stop the puck just get just get a body part in front of yeah. it ryan miller is very calculated kind of in a, a, a carry price kind of way where every move he makes is it's like he's thinking about every move but yeah. a lot of it is just reactionary yeah like it's but reactionary in a calm way you know yeah it's not it's not full structure if that makes sense like mm-hmm. it's not like all the repetitions that you do and whatnot like yeah there is that reaction to it but it's yeah like a calm reaction so mm-hmm. yeah Miller's played since 2002, so that's 17 years now. Yeah, wow. So he's oh yeah, I guess the lockout would be in there. So yeah, yeah. the guy's got 780 games played. That's a lot that for is. a goaltender. Yeah, no, he's up there in like all-time <laughs> games played. And yeah, like pretty close in wins as well. So and of those 780, uh, 758 he started. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Those are good numbers for sure. <laughs> like, I know he's only been, like, the backup since coming to Anaheim, so, like, the last three years, but still, mm-hmm. that's a lot. So, yeah, with a yeah, 387, 281, and 85 record. 
915 career save percentage, 262 career goals against. Those are solid numbers. Yep. Those are really good. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about for this game, and then we'll move on. Um, the power play winner for uh, Fiala. Um, yeah, uh, Ducks take a penalty in overtime, put basically three of your best penalty killers out on the ice for yep. this. Um, they put out Captain Clutch, um, newcomer Yari Hackenpah, and uh, another newcomer Matt Irwin as well. Uh, what do you think about those three guys in overtime on the penalty kill? I think those are the guys that you send out. However, I mean, I, I know it's a power play and uh, overtime and all that kind of stuff, but I think this just kind of encapsulated what I saw for the most of the game. Is like the offense was there, and that's great. The defense is just lacking as a team again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and like we we saw it against uh, Chicago and uh, New Jersey, <laughs> but we'll cut that part. It's out. just been like continuing even more so like the defensive lack as a team has been more consistent which is scary mm-hmm. like that's not what you want to be consistent lately. no so no really not yeah no it sucks but i mean and like unfortunately like, i think all- it's just something they have to work on for next year is just being better defensively yeah. and with this team i think the offense will come so yeah and i think i mean kind of jumping ahead because i guess like we're do you have any more thoughts, sorry, on this game before I no, go no. on to the next point? Yeah, we can jump. Okay, so next game we're going to talk about is against the Sens, but it's kind of the same thing. I thought the defense was just terrible in this game. Yeah. So, and it was just luck, honestly. It, it was luck got, and Ryan Miller. <laughs> we got lucky that we got a point out of Minnesota, and we got lucky that we got a win from like, out of the Sens, honestly. so Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you look it, at yeah. the scoreboard, and like you're like, man, this is great for... Great for the Ducks, just taking it to the Sens. But, like, did we? Did we, we really? No. Uh, we both predicted As, 3-1 scores. You said Anaheim would take it. I said Ottawa would win it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, if not for someone by the name of Nick Deloria, I think Ottawa yeah. could have taken this one 3-1. So. Yeah, Nick Deloria and Ryan Miller. Uh, do we have, actually, who the stars were for this game? I'm kind of curious of that. They are Nick Deloria, first star, obviously, Ryan Miller, second star, and third star went to Ricard Raquel. Perfect. Those first two, I, I don't even care who you put in the third one. Those first two, that's how it should be in any order. It doesn't matter, but it had to be those two. Oh, definitely. Because, like, yeah. honestly, I'd say out of the rest of the team, like, I know we had a couple goals, obviously, from other guys, not named Nick, Nick Delorier, but if not for those two guys, that's a f- 5 nothing Senators win, minimum. Yeah. Right? Like, the Sens had 42 shots. De- again, defense, just not there. And it also makes me scared of, like, luckily we're on the West Coast, so we don't we only have to see them twice a year. But, like, it makes me scared of, like, the future of the Ottawa uh, forwards, honestly. Oh, yeah. And even taking a look at who they have right now, and even, like, you would go, like, eh, I'm not too sure about that. But, like, the fact that they got, f- like, 42 pretty good chances, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I'd say out of the 42, like, at least 30 of them were, like, high-quality scoring chances. Yeah, and even then, like, you feel bad for Hogbird, like, Hogbird having only 15 shots, but also you take a look at that and you go, okay, yeah, like, when he had the shots against, or the goals against especially, that's when the Ottawa defense really lacked. But outside of that, they only allowed 15 shots. Mm -hmm. So, like... All around, I'd say Ottawa should have had this game. We just got I mean, lucky. Yeah. We we had the duck luck 
this this is the game of the duck luck for the year. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I think we this wasted is, the rest of it on this yeah. on this game, and I'm I'm not expecting to see any more of the rest of the season. Yeah, no this this was a game that was won by Ryan Miller. Like you, like really and good team. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah. like really good teams, their goalies are able to steal them wins. Ryan absolute, Miller did it here. Absolute yeah. robbery. And I'm not saying we're a good team, but like I mean, if we still had Ryan Miller next year and we improve in, in a few key areas, I think. Ryan Miller stole Miller the declaration of independence. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think Miller and Gibson as a tandem next year Oof. is ugh, that's still going to be so disgusting. Yeah, like and like you like you do play that not as like your tandem that the NHL is kind of going towards of like a one A one B. You're like traditional or like one A one. Yeah, it's a two yeah. to one, but like it works really well. So. Oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. what they've been doing for the last you know hundred years before. <laughs> Like the one yeah. A one B tandem, so but it's like your backup is normally like okay, yeah, we could squeak out a a win with this guy. Like we we have enough faith in him, but also like if we lose, okay, like we kind of could see it coming as well. Mm-hmm. But like you still have that exact same confidence whenever Miller goes in at so oh one hundred percent yeah. If okay, if we quick discussion, uh, quick discussion because I have the question in my head right now. I don't want to lose it. If Ryan Miller decides to retire this year. We need a new backup. First kind of part to it, do you would you want to see a move to that 1A, 1B kind of tandem? Or would you want to keep it as Gibson as the main guy with a backup? If you want to go with that route, who do you look for in the offseason for a backup spot? I, I definitely think that, that, the, that Gibson plays better when he plays more. Uh, I think that the two to one or even three to one or really just playing him you know 60 to 70 games a season is really beneficial for him he's one of the very few goaltenders I think that can handle that in terms of backups who are even free agents next year I mean I don't even know man there's yeah like I'd kind of want another veteran type goaltender but not one that you're gonna overpay for you know like Corey Crawford like you're gonna overpay to steal him from Chicago if he doesn't retire yeah Craig Anderson I'd be surprised if he didn't retire um and I and I would I would agree with that not even for the hockey thing anymore but just with his wife a couple years ago right oh yeah uh whatnot like he, he wants to be around his family yeah no definitely um Braden Holpe the probably the biggest name you're going to overpay for that he's still he's still starting material yeah Yeah. um washington's going to do something to keep him around oh yeah even though you have like a couple goalies coming up in the system like you're not wasting him just yet at 31 years old yeah i I see maybe like a three-year contract on holby Mm -hmm. so um guys like cam talbot um who's still Again, relatively young. I think he's going to stay in Calgary. I Udo, forgot I think Calgary he's only stay has him on a Dallas. one year, actually. Yeah. I thought we had him on a two, I, but that's Riddick. I think guys like that are in their mid-30s, kind of similar to Miller, you know, like Grice or Halak, I think are possible options that, you know, might not fit or that might not stay in their, their teams, you know, Islanders in Boston. I think they would be more willing to test the market in, near the end of their careers. But none of them are quite like the Ryan Miller material. So I really don't know. I think it'd be interesting to, I mean, I'm not sure how well he's actually done this year, but uh, Mike Condon might be interesting. I was looking at that one too. Still a young guy, but uh, Tampa Bay has Vasilevsky and Curtis McElhinney, like 
Do yeah. they really have the room for Condon? Yeah. Um, or Keith I, I'm Kincaid. just not a fan of him. I feel like Montreal is going to try to keep Keith, uh, Keith Kincaid around. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Condon's the best bet. I just don't know how much it's going to cost to get him because I think he, a lot of people are going to be looking at him. He's also not my favorite goaltender, but yeah. I, th- I think in this role, he would be fine. You know, the play 20 to 25 games type of goaltender. Do you think you could pull uh, Laurent Bressois away from Winnipeg no. this summer? No. You don't think so? You think no. he's staying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think... That that would be I, the I person that I would go for, but, actually, is Bressois. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if he'd want to go. So and You don't think you would want to leave minus 40 Celsius for plus 40 Celsius in the middle of December? <laughs> I think he wants to be... <laughs> okay, sorry, like plus 25. <laughs> I, I think he wants to be on a team like Winnipeg, not That's a rebuilding team like... That's uh, fair. So, yeah. Okay, I guess let's uh, hit some talking points for this first period of the Sens game. Uh, they, they had a couple power plays. I thought that the movement on those were really good, especially the, the first one early on that leads to the first goal of the game. Ducks two for two on the power play as well. Woo! That was pretty good. Any comments on their power play there? Uh, I mean, better execution this game. Um, not saying that they didn't execute in the last one, but like they were able to convert on both chances, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's pretty much it. So okay. yeah, <laughs> not, not a whole lot, honestly. I'm just I'm happy they got they converted. So a mm-hmm. uh, couple chances late in the period. Uh, Miller pulling it off the line uh, with a pretty big glove save, as well as Captain Clutch being clutch and pulling it off the line as well. The the one where they actually yeah. stopped Blake's, they thought it went in and looked, and it was like, nope, gets laughed. Like I said, this score could have been drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Clutch helping on one of those, but if that, like I know the puck's like kind of trickling, but it's like right there. If that one doesn't at least make like a top 20 for save of the year, like maybe top 10, but I'm thinking top 20. If that doesn't make a top 20 though for save of the year, that's robbery on Miller. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess the big talking point for this first period, Nick Delorier's hat trick. Natural hat trick scored. What was the the official time on that? Uh, yeah, just 11 minutes and 49 seconds into the game. Got that third goal. So that was also a natural hat trick. You know, three goals in a row by the same player. No one else in between. Yeah. Um, that also beat the Anaheim franchise record for the fastest hat trick uh, by a Ducks player that was set by Timo Timu Solani in 1999, and he scored three goals in the first 12 minutes 58 seconds of a game against San Jose. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Nick Delorier beating a Solani record. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Not necessarily one of the big ones, but it's still a Solani record. That's a hat trick in a quick amount of time. I'd say that's a pretty big one. It's oh, not yeah. one that you would normally think about, but it's a big one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. Dang, way to go, Nick. <laughs> yeah, nice job, Nick. Uh, seventh goal of the season to cap off that hat trick. So he started with four and he ends with seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wonder he was so excited. <laughs> um, Doesn't yeah. that beat actually is that might beat his uh, previous career best? I, I did. I, I could I did be pull wrong, his stats but up, but. Uh, no, he got 10 with Montreal in the 17-18 season. Oh, okay. So he's close. He's close. Yeah. He nearly doubled his production, though, in one game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's just a couple points back of uh, a career high in points as well in Buffalo in just his second season. Full 82-game season, got 15 points. It was now at 13. So. Oof. All right, let's do it. 16 by the end of the year. Yeah. All we need is three. Got three. Three points. Three. Um, but yeah, really happy for him. I thought that he had a really solid game. He just knew where to be 
uh, on all three of these goals. And well, he knew where to be on all two of them. The third one, he just took a shot off the face yeah. off and it went in. So really smart play by him on that one. Well, I mean, he knew where to be for the face off, which that's good. <laughs> that's that's good. I sure hope that you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess let's move on to the second period here. I, I thought in this period that Ottawa really just took it to the Ducks. They were kind of embarrassed um being down four goals uh to nick delorier i mean the anaheim ducks well i mean they took it to them in the first period as well i think the period shots were what 20 to 7 or something like that uh 14 6 or 14 6 yeah. still, still though still pretty bad that's but like, over doubling <laughs> what yeah. they did that's oh that's that's rough yeah but like i was even like shots in second were 14 to 5 i thought that I, like i was surprised that the ducks even got five honestly and that ottawa only got 14 like it was just all ottawa yeah yeah like defensively ottawa had enough that they kind of collapsed us a bit more and offensively they were just all over us with very little defensive resistance right Mm -hmm. so like yeah you can go okay well they had like kind of like a couple back-to-back uh like rebound shots so like that kind of that makes it two shots but still even with that many like Mm -hmm. that's that's a lot Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought that one of the best defensive plays in the second period but was by Yari Hackenpah, a guy who's only played four games in his NHL career, played all of this season with San Diego. So uh, a yeah. 27-year-old defenseman. And, uh, yeah, he just comes in and, and wants to be on this roster, and I really like that he's getting an opportunity. The one that comes to mind, the Ottawa breakaway, I don't remember who it was, but just to back check and mm-hmm. put the pressure on to – not even let him get a shot off is I, I really liked that play and that was kind of the standout one to me but he's been yeah. just noticeable over these last couple games well like i i think it was last episode i said uh september training camp starts right now yeah so mm-hmm. like these guys are already fighting for jobs uh for next season yeah for sure so, and i love to see it so yeah just ryan miller again in, in this second and third praise period. miller praise miller yeah, like he can't even be faulted for any of these goals. Like they were, he was in the right position. It was just good shots by Ottawa, really. Good shots with very little defensive resistance. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm shitting on the like. I'm I'm happy that we got three points out of these two games here, but like the the shitting on the defensive effort, I think, is worth it. Yeah. So, or like it's it's earned. Unfortunately, so. uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, we came away with the win. Um, like the most luckily, shot, but yeah, the most shots you had in the period was the first with six shots, and then it like, was down from five there, five and four, and four. Yeah, four shots in the third period, whereas Ottawa was consistent fourteen, fourteen, fourteen. So yeah, it just looks bad. Yeah, it, like I, I don't care if you came out and won the game. It just yeah. it looks bad. Like if I'm Dallas Eakins going into the locker room after the. Like at the end of the this, game, this is not a win you're happy about. Yeah, it's a win you'll take, but you're not happy. Yeah, about you it. just like no, don't celebrate it. You got lucky. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, okay. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, let's talk to you guys a little bit about cool hockey. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. To them, quality is just as important as it is to you, and that's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Cool Hockey stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Reebok, and CCM, and hand-stitches them in their 15,000-square-foot state-of-the-art production facility in Toronto, Ontario, to ensure the most authentic customization possible. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, 
They're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all their products. Cool Hockey staff live and breathe hockey, and it shows in their work. Find out why CoolHockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. And if you buy today, you can also get your first or next jersey from them for 30% off. Just use the promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, that's promo code THPN for 30% off. But hurry, this deal won't last long. And by using our promo code, again, that's THPN, we can receive some commission off of every purchase. So that just helps us to, you know, do future giveaways like the Tankathon contest. Go to AdHockeyPodNet if you want all the details on that. Boom. And uh, allows us to, you know, get better microphones, eventually do video in the future, and uh, just overall improve the quality of the podcast. It also keeps up our individual feed because having 31 separate feeds is quite expensive for yes, podcasts. So. Yeah, again, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and get 30% off your jersey. So let's do some news here. So Ducks have recalled Stellars from the San Diego Gulls. Uh, The reason for that is a confirmed groin injury to John Gibson. He should be back Wednesday, which is tonight, yesterday, if you're listening to this Thursday. Uh, If not, then Saturday versus the Kings. He should be back. So it's not going to be too long, but we do need to rely on Miller for the next uh, game or so like we have for, I mean, these last two we just talked about and potentially Stellars as well. I mean, probably Stellars for for this one against the Blues if uh, Gibson's not back. Yeah. Um, Do we have uh, confirmed, I guess, who's starting tonight? Um, Last night again, if you're listening to this on Thursday. We're recording about like three hours before the St. Louis game tonight because we're both in the middle of finals and it's crazy hectic right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing confirmed yet. Um, Daily Faceoff is projecting Ryan Miller, which doesn't make sense to me because he played last night. So, yeah, no word on Gibson. So uh, I would say it's probably safe to assume we're going to see Stellars. But I don't know. I've been surprised before. So, so yeah, that'll be interesting if uh, we do start Stellars. I won't be surprised, honestly, if we start Miller three straight games, even though it's a back-to-back there. Really? Yeah. Just because you want the guy who has the experience, I guess. Not to say that Stellars doesn't, but like the guy, uh, the guy has a what sixteen games in the NHL. So, oh no, sorry, he has twenty-five games. But that's like a quarter of a season. I'm not throwing him right away against the defending champs. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think who we were playing. So yeah, that, that's just my thing. I mean, I could be wrong, and we. I listen to the podcast again tomorrow and go, "Wow, all right, I suck there." <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's just my take on it. I I'd be very surprised actually if we do see Stellars tonight. I'd be less surprised if we see Miller. It's a little unorthodox because you don't normally do like the same guy back-to-back nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Miller's super fatigued, though. Like, how many games has he played this season? Yeah. Like, and, yeah, even though he had 42 shots last night and, like, played out of his mind, um, it's not like, oh, okay, he allowed so many goals, maybe we should give Stellars a chance. So, But then again, yeah. maybe you do give Stellars a chance if, you know, Miller might be retiring and he's going to yeah. be your backup. Because, right? I mean, Just, why not? Like, yeah, why not? What have you got to lose? Sure, you get you're not pushing, stomped by the Blues, but you're it's not You're not pushing like for a playoff point. Yeah. Uh, spot right now helps you get that first overall pick really so yeah maybe um, we do see Solars actually maybe now I think about it that way yeah I'm just thinking like on a goaltending level you probably don't play him but maybe that's why it's unconfirmed maybe they're saying to Stellars oh yeah we'll play Miller we'll play Miller we'll play Miller 
and then uh, I think well games I think eight o'clock our time yeah. eight o'clock rolls around all right Stellaris let's go buddy yeah which just don't give him any chance to think about it and yeah. see how he does as a goalie myself I did have that happen to me and it fucking sucks not being the guy that like something gets thrown in there being the guy that's getting told you're gonna go in you're gonna go in you're gonna go in and then at the last second no he's going I had that happen where like I was. Well, like, I mean, they would tell Miller yeah. Stellaris is going in. But. Well, I guess, yeah. Like, okay, okay, okay. If you're gonna play it that way of like, kind of mind games in a way, like you, you've told Miller already that he's not gonna be starting this game. Yeah, but, Stellaris like, just, is the only guy out of the loop that, in this case. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I guess let's wrap this up with some upcoming games. So Saturday, March fourteenth. Ducks are in LA, you know, quite a long road trip to go all the way there. So far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the game is an afternoon game, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Last meeting of the season between these two teams, barring any playoff appearances. <laughs> Got him on a roll tonight. Oh. So <laughs> uh, last meeting between these teams was February 1st, a 3-1 win in favor of Anaheim, putting them up 2-1 on the season series. Nate, do you want to give us some stats for L.A.? Sure. So Anze Kopitar uh, has played 69 games this season. Nice. Nice. 21 goals, 41 assists for 62 points. He's actually a player that kind of surprised me. I was surprised to see that he's on like almost a point-per-game pace, considering yeah. how considering rough LA's doing on. as well. Yeah, exactly. Behind him, you have Alex Ayafalo with 69 games played also. Nice. nice. 17 goals, 26 assists for 43 points. And Dustin Brown with 65 games played, 17 goals, 18 assists for 35 points. Wow. Um, yeah, that's th- that entire top line there. And it is a sharp drop off throughout the lineup. Else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the next guy back from Dustin Brown is Drew Doughty at 34 points. So that's a rough season for him, too. Yeah. Um, how's that? Uh, how's that 11 million looking, LA? How's it looking? Great for us. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. it's not good for the rest of the league. So uh, this this lineup actually, actually really we have San Jose to thank for that because they gave it to Carl. No wait, who was first, Dowdy or Carlson with the eleven mil? I think, I think it, was it was Dowdy first. Actually, I don't remember. I think it was Dowdy actually because Carlson's like, oh, Dowdy's getting it, then I should. I don't care as long as the other two California remember. teams are paying eleven either, million. Either way, one of our California partners fucked over the rest of the league on that one. So. Yeah, I don't really feel like talking about this LA lineup. It doesn't look any different than it did a month ago, <laughs> and it's nothing spectacular. So Fair I'm just going to stumble over some names. But uh, we it. will talk about the goaltending situation there. Jonathan Quick and Cal Pedersen, Peterson. Yeah, Peterson, sure. So uh, I'll start with Quick here. He's played 42 games, a 16, 22, and 4 record. Oof. A 2.79 goals against and a 9.04 save percentage. You know what? That's a lot better than actually the last time I checked up on Quick. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked up on Quick, he was like an 8.80, something like that for a save percentage. L- LA, cur- LA currently has the um, longest winning streak in the NHL right now. Six, six games, games yep. after um, Boston beat uh, Philly last night. Yeah. So they've they've been on the upswing. St- just a touch. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of at the wrong moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you have uh, Calvin Pedersen there. Peterson. I'm not sure how you say I it. I think it's Peterson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I've been hearing a lot about this guy before I get into his stats is like, he's now going to like, he's kind of been the kind of the golden goalie prospect for them for a little bit. And once they had shipped off, uh, Jack Campbell was like, okay, it's his time to, it's his time to shine. We're going into the Peterson era now. Uh, so he's played seven games so far, four three and zero record, a two seven three goals against, and a nine two two save percentage. Pretty good numbers. Um, it's a it's a, it's a yeah. pretty good look so far. 
Yeah, he's got three wins in his last three starts against Pittsburgh, Vegas, and Minnesota. Those are not easy teams to play against. Nope. Uh, like Pittsburgh, Vegas, and Minnesota, you said? Yeah. So, yeah, two of those especially, like I know we just lost to Minnesota, but mm-hmm. two of those especially are offensive powerhouses. Oh, yeah. Even if Pittsburgh's been on a bit coming, of a slump right now. like, And you're coming out of seven games with a 9-2-2. That's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, faced... 36 shots against Pittsburgh and stopped 35. Faced 43 against Vegas and stopped 42 of them. And then stopped 25 of 28 against Minnesota. Still pretty good. But like, man, like you you don't do that by accident. No. Even if you look at a couple games he lost, stopped 27 of 30 uh, against Edmonton and 29 of 34 against Winnipeg just to preview his last five games there. Like those are still decent numbers against some very offensive teams on yeah. a team that is not good right now. Yeah, Peterson was drafted uh, fifth round, 129th by Buffalo in 2013. Really? Yep. Man, Buffalo and their, their goaltenders, you know, like the Ryan Miller types. They do actually pick up gold, good goaltending. They do. So they really do. It's um, just they haven't been able to really do a whole lot, so they have to ship guys like that. And I don't know. Yeah. Kind of sucks for them. <laughs> yeah, no, it really does. Do you have a prediction for this game? Yeah, so I'm going to say a 3-2 Anaheim win. Uh, I think they'll kind of come back from... It, it sounds stupid to say. They'll come back from the win against Ottawa mm-hmm. um, and just play a lot better all around. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Peterson in this game, honestly. Yeah, me neither. Um, I, I think that they're going to start relying on him a little bit yeah. more near the end of the and season. We should have Gibson do. back at this point, so that's why I'm giving a little bit lower of a score, I guess, like a 3-2 one. Yeah. Um, ah, three, two, one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say three, two Anaheim. Okay. Um, I'm going to say four, one Anaheim. I think it's a little bit more of a dominant game from Anaheim. Uh, I don't think it's going to be spectacular, but I think that the, you know, like not even state rivalry, just city rivalry, I guess yeah. is going to spark them a little bit. Fair enough. And it being the last game of the series too. That too. Yeah. And last game to talk about, Sunday, March 15th, so second half of a back-to-back. Ducks are home to the Canadians. Sucks that they're going to have to fly all the way back from L.A. just overnight so they can play yeah. another afternoon game. But, I mean, what can you do? Yep. Uh, yeah, 1, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern start time. I'm being sarcastic, by the way, just yeah. for those of you. <laughs> I, I know that L.A. and Anaheim are, like, right next to each other. So. <laughs> Uh, last meeting between these two teams, February 6th, a 3-2 overtime win for Montreal. This game was in Montreal and will obviously be the last game of the series for them. Do you have stats for us, Nate? Yeah, so leading the charge for the Montreal Canadiens is Thomas Tata. 68 games played, 22 goals, 39 assists for 61 points. You got Philip Denal, 71 games played, 13 goals, 34 assists for 47 points. And Max Domi, 71 games played, 17 goals, 27 assists for 44 points. Interesting, though, right behind uh, Domi there in fourth place is Brendan Gallagher, having played 59 games, 22 goals, 21 assists for 43 points. Yeah, he's up there with yeah. a substantial amount less of games, games played. Yeah. yeah, and that was, yeah, I can't remember what the injury was, but he was injured for a while there this season, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, Nick Suzuki as well, just behind him. 71 games played, 41 points. He's looked really good, I thought. Um, just, I think he's going to be really solid in the next couple of years for Montreal. Yeah, he was drafted just a couple of years ago there by uh, Vegas in that first round. Yeah, let's get into the lineup combinations for Montreal, I guess. So, 
Thomas Tatar, their leading scorer, currently out of the lineup. So top line looks like Philip Deneau, Jonathan Druin, and Joel Armia, which is still pretty good. Interesting. Charles Houdin with Max Domi and Brendan Gallagher at the second line. Nick Suzuki centering the third line with Jordan Wheel and Arturi Lekkonen. And fourth line is Jake Evans, Paul Byron, and Dale Weiss. I feel like that second line is actually your first right now. I think so, yeah. With that, the, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, with the again, being out. I mean, yeah. I think Deneau is like a, a solid top six center, but and Druin as well. I don't know. I think they're both just kind of... Then again, those Claude top, Julian, yeah. I'm not really going to try to argue. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's made some decisions in the past in general. <laughs> yeah. And then defensive pairings, Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie and Obviously. Brett Kulak. <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, third pairing is Christian Folan and Xavier Ouellette. Pretty Actually, decent top three. Yeah. yeah I mean, the yeah, bottom three is pretty three. good. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it, it works. It definitely works. And you can kind of see even with the roster why they're just outside the, or maybe not even just outside. I haven't checked on Montreal in a little bit, but. I know they're outside the playoff picture. I think they're doing worse actually now than they were. They're yeah, they're like ten points back of a wild card spot. Yeah, so, so like, yeah, you can kind of see with the roster why they are like they had their flashes in the season, but yeah, injuries really caught up to them. I think they don't have the depth to cover for those injuries quite yet. So when they're fully healthy, they're a good team and they're yeah. in the playoff picture. When they're slightly injured or on a bit of a cold streak, they're not. I or mean, without Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> yeah, <or> that. <laughs> uh, that was a thing for yeah. like three weeks <laughs> it was yeah and it was really good for them to be honest <laughs> yep i guess goaltenders carrie price and charlie lindgren all you need to know is carrie price <laughs> yeah. all you need is carrie price <laughs> the habs just really need carrie price he has four shutouts this season yeah but Jesus. look at that save percentage and goals against that doesn't really help you <laughs> no so carrie price has played 58 games for the habs this season has a 27, 25, and 6 record, a 279 goals against, and a 909 save percentage. And yes, four shutouts. But like, those are not Carey Price numbers. So he's having a rough year, which leads to pretty much whenever Price has a rough year, Montreal's going to have a rough yeah. year. Those are still like good, like league average numbers, though. Yeah, a, a 909 decent, and a 979. They're decent numbers, but they're not Carey Price numbers. Well, so. yeah, it's just because he's getting old. He's 32. It just makes you. And hope as Mark Bergevin that because remember this is the first of his eight year contract. Wait, this is the first. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm like ninety nine percent sure this is the first year. Of He's it. already played like twenty years worth of hockey carrying a subpar Montreal Canadiens team for yep. the, his entire <laughs> career. Like you can't expect another eight years out of him. The guy literally looks like an orange wedge you put on your drink on Saturday <laughs> night and then found Monday morning. Like. <laughs> It's oh. just like he's he's got to be so just exhausted from the last few years of Montreal just being okay. Sorry, this is the second year of it. But still, you have to get six more years out of this guy. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kerry. <laughs> like, well, I mean, he, he's not feeling that bad. He's 32 and he's going to be made. He's got like an eight. He's got 84 million coming his way. That's true. But yeah. like, I just... That was a contract that yes, prices has been amazing, and he's whatnot. earned that contract. He, he's sure. earned the contract. It, this is definitely one of those contracts where it's like, okay, we've seen what you do. Here's your payday, right? But it's also one of those contracts that 
If, if I'm a GM, I'm not saying a goalie to more than four years because you just don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's not a contract you sign when you're trying to make a push for a cup in the next few years. Yeah. That's not a team friendly deal that that's a, that's a deal you sign after you've won a Stanley cup. With yeah. Like the team you like have, it's prices. like, sure, stick around. Let's yeah. see if we can maybe squeeze another one out. Who cares? We just won the Stanley cup. That's, that's not, yeah, that's, yeah, like prices AAV is 10.5. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, especially on a goaltender. I have no problem like, with giving like, Carey Price 10.5, but like, what else like you, what are you going to do with the rest of your team, man? Yeah. I don't know. You can't give him that Stanley Cup if you aren't able to put a team around him. Yeah. I mean, with, in that, front of him. with $84 million plus whatever else he's got, he yeah. could buy a Stanley Cup. But yeah. like, <laughs> um, interesting, though, that is, his contract is very. Uh, bonus heavy actually like this year is 13 million in bonuses and a base salary of two so a total salary for 15 mil this season but wow so he's getting a lot of front load pay but obviously mm-hmm. it all goes against the cap at some point yeah yeah exactly so um i guess charlie lindgren six games played two wins four losses 3.33 goals against 888 save percentage we're seeing carry price no, just steal my job, why don't you? <laughs> well, you were taking forever to get to it. <laughs> I was talking about how bad this contract is for Car- or for the Montreal Canadiens. It's great for Carey Price, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to see Carey Price. There's, yeah, we're going to see Carey no Price. So uh, with that in mind, what do you predict for a score? I'm going to predict a loss to Montreal. However, I still think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to say 5-4. That is a tight game. I'm also keeping it tight. I'm going to say 4-3 for Anaheim, though. A little bit lower scoring, especially with Price and, you know, hopefully having Gibson back. I think even if Gibson comes back, we save him for the Canadiens, you know. You yeah. Just, you let Miller do his thing against Miller the Kings. Miller four straight games if he plays tonight in St. Louis. Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to yeah. do a back-to-back situation, and I think yeah. that you, you give Gibson the extra day off. Well, yeah. actually, maybe if he's coming off injury, you give him the quote-unquote easier game. You could just play them both. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You want to play Ryan Miller against the Canadians? Ryan Miller's hot right now. Like, oh, fair. Even if he has like just an average game against St. Louis, like, why not yeah, play him? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Just uh, to make sure for Gibson, I guess. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? So, I don't know. I could I could maybe see Gibson on Sunday. See, this is why if like we ever have kids, they need to be at the same time so they can be on the same hockey team so that we can both coach because this is how we make decisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just, just talk it out and it's like, yeah, okay. Actually, this is where we should go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just as long as both of our kids aren't goalies. My kid's going to be the goalie. Yeah, I'm not going to be a goalie. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. <laughs> My kid's going to be like, I want to be a centerman. No, get a net. Yeah. <laughs> be the weird kid. Do it. <laughs> goes goes out at the beginning of the period, takes the face off, skates back to the net to play goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. This podcast is a production of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to listen to more podcasts from the perspectives of other teams, you can check out some of the other shows on the network. They have one for each of the other 30 NHL teams. You can listen to those wherever you get your podcasts. They come out on the same schedule as ours, Monday and Thursday. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow the Quack Report at Quack Report Pod. And if you want to hear more from us, you can check out our own show, The Shooting Around Show, where we talk everything hockey, with new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow that show on Twitter at Shootin' Around. Thank you guys for listening, and go Ducks go. Nick Delorier will be a leader.